Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will revisit the relationship of the United States and China as my guest will outline how relations might progress from here, where they stand today, and the investment implications to be knowledgeable about, which ties right into the recent publication from the Chief Investment Office, uh, that being Pivotal November, the future of U.S.-China engagement. So joining us for the conversation this morning. I'm glad to welcome back Alejo Zeranko, the Chief Investment Officer for Emerging Markets Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Alejo, always great to be with you here on Top of the Morning. Thank you for dropping by. Looking forward to our conversation. Good morning, Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And as mentioned, Alejo, this morning, you will be speaking to our listeners, our clients about the recent CIOP's Pivotal November, the Future of U.S.-China Engagement. A lot to cover within this piece, I think is a good starting point, Alejo. Can you begin by maybe bringing us up to speed on the current state of U.S.-China relations and what may lie ahead? Absolutely, Dan. Let's start by recognizing that the arrival of Joe Biden to the White House did not lead to the significant change in tone and focus in U.S.-China relations that many had anticipated. We had a fairly hostile 2021 in terms of U.S.-China links. Since then, affairs between both countries have been carried out with an air of, I'd say, icy coexistence so far this year. Interestingly, then, both Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping will face their own domestic political tests this year in November, when, as you know, the U.S. midterm elections will take place and China's 20th Communist Party Congress is expected to be carried out as well. If you think about the areas of focus of uh, these two leaders and these two countries, elevated inflation and the Russia-Ukraine war have consumed much of the attention out of Washington, D.C., while Beijing has been focused on minimizing the economic impact of its quote-unquote dynamic zero-COVID approach to managing the pandemic. China has so far been able to walk the fine line of maintaining a strategic partnership with Russia while remaining neutral on the war at large. One might get the impression that the U.S.-China relations have been moving in the right direction in recent weeks. After all, progress has been reported on a potential solution to the saga involving Chinese ADRs, some tariffs on Chinese goods imposed during the Trump administration may soon be allowed to expire by Biden, and some proposed U.S. legislation perceived to be anti-China now seems unlikely to survive in the current Congress due to a lack of agreement between the Republicans and Democrats. Yet, it's important to not be, in a way, distracted by these developments, and in our views, the positive trend is unlikely to last. The balance of power in Washington, D.C. will likely shift towards the Republican Party after the U.S. midterms, and a reappointed Xi Jinping will likely emerge emboldened from the Communist Party Congress later this year. So looking ahead, China will continue to solidify its role as an economic hub and regional power, while the U.S. is intent on preserving its influence in global Affairs. In this context, disagreements are inevitable. Frequent global market drawdowns 
during the more heated episodes look likely in the years ahead. Now, even in the context of more uh, tense relationships, we think capital, fl capital flows between both countries will continue and China will carry on with a process of opening up its capital markets. So all in then, things might look better in the very short term, but we think they will continue tense and even get worse as we look into 2023. Well, Alejo, it's very helpful clarity when you consider what headlines might suggest. So thank you for helping us to manage expectations and maybe tying this into portfolio positioning. Oftentimes on the podcast, we do talk about the importance of portfolio diversification, a very important point to reinforce. In this context, Alejo, does it still make sense to diversify and invest in both the U.S. and China? Definitely, Dan. Look, investors should be prepared, as we said, for U.S.-China relationships to remain tense for years to come. But at the same time, taking sides from an investment perspective is not the right approach. We need to recognize that each country offers exposure to different economic drivers and different, different sectoral op opportunities. For that reason, I think investors can benefit from investing in both countries. And one option is to focus on those domestic and consumer-oriented companies within the U.S. and within China that can provide more reliable returns than those exposed to trade and cross-border business spending, which, of course, remains dependent on favorable political outcomes to drive performance. In addition, in the report we present solid evidence on the relatively low correlation between Chinese equities, for example, and European, Japanese, and U.S. equities. This reinforces our view that Chinese assets are valuable diversifiers in a global portfolios, in a global portfolio, allowing investors to improve risk-adjusted returns. So taken all together, I think you need to have exposure to both countries. It's not clear what the future will bring. And therefore, um, you know, having, having allocations to assets that are driven by different factors and that have lower correlation than, than other assets is, is quite valuable. So, Alejo, as you underscored a moment ago, preparation is key, especially in this context against the backdrop of uncertainty with relations. And as you mentioned, uh, there are prospects for relations to intensify even further as we make our way into 2023. So how are you recommending, Alejo, that investors protect their portfolio against a possible rise in tensions in 2023? I think there are a number of steps you can take to, indeed, en enhance your portfolio's resilience to a more tense environment, right? There are more details in, in the paper, but I'll mention just a few. Number one, there's the opportunity to position for an era of security. We believe we're entering a period in which governments and companies are placing a higher value on security and safety over price and efficiency. This should support demand in a number of areas, ranging from energy and food security to cybersecurity and, of course, more traditional defense spending. Number two, investors can ride the way to net zero. The U.S. and China both plan to achieve carbon neutrality, the U.S. by 2050, China by 2060. And 
in this context, companies exposed to green finance, green transportation, and energy efficiency, we think, are among the best positions to gain from this trend. And third and last, Dan, I'd say you can optimize your exposure to Chinese assets. Within the universe of Chinese stocks, for instance, you should definitely consider H shares or those trading offshore China, but also A shares, those trading domestically. And interestingly, A shares would be less sensitive potentially to a rise in U.S.-China tensions, and they can still benefit from China's reopening and fiscal and monetary stimulus. So in periods, in periods of rising concerns over U.S.-China links, having exposure to A shares can offer a more balanced risk-adjusted returns. Well, Alejo, do appreciate the guidance. As you pointed out a few moments ago, much more detail can be located within the publication. Again, the title, Pivotal November, The Future of U.S.-China Engagement. So do encourage our listeners to read further into the publication. And for our clients listening in, please have a follow-up conversation with your UBS financial advisor. Alejo, uh, this conversation will indeed continue, though. Thank you for dropping by top of the morning today. Appreciate the insights and looking forward to continuing our conversation again soon. Thank you for having me and have a great day, Dan. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.